Through the first three weeks of the NFL season, the Chicago Bears gave us a lot to be wary of. But despite it all, they managed to win two of those games. Fast forward and the team is now at two and three. So for the Bears, well, they are who we thought they were. And unfortunately, I don't think many of us thought they were good. I'm TJ Starman and welcome to The Bear Market, a show where I take a bi-weekly look at the Chicago Bears, following the trends to call out the risers and fallers right here on the Waiting in the Sky podcast feed. Each episode features two distinct sections, market analysis and buy or sell. We'll kick things off with market analysis, but first, a look back at some of the previous trends that we talked about in the first two episodes of the series. So one thing I want to address is the play of Eddie Jackson. I had mentioned that Eddie Jackson is really starting to look more like the 2018 Eddie Jackson that really showed out and ended up getting a huge monster contract from the Bears. Uh, We saw two interceptions in the first three games. So that was a very, very positive sign that this is a guy who is really playing up to that big contract again. Uh, And that was a big question mark that really seems to, you know, we're only five games into the season still, but really seems to have evaporated at this point. There's really not that question hanging over his play the way that there once was. Uh, We saw him add another interception in the game against the Giants, and that was his third on the season. So uh, really good start through, at the time it was four games, and now through five, and unfortunately didn't add another in the most recent game in Minnesota, but uh, has been a more consistent tackler as well, um, which is interesting to say about Eddie Jackson, Uh, but nine total tackles uh, in each of the last two games, both in New York and in Minnesota. So he's starting to develop, or Nick, it's not really develop, but really um, come back to form as a safety that you can rely on both in coverage and also now as a tackler, as that final layer of defense. So that's exactly what you want from a guy who is a veteran on this team, one of the only holdovers from that 2018 team that saw a lot of success. Uh, You think of guys like Eddie Jackson and Roquan Smith, uh, David Montgomery as some of those guys that have really uh, stuck around and have been um, really just the holdovers that have seen that success and have been on a recent successful Bears team, which is saying something because Ryan Poles really tore this team down to the studs and uh, really got rid of a lot of guys. So it's interesting, but you are happy to see Eddie Jackson still showing um, some positivity or positive trend. Sticking with some uh, some more positivity here, um, we have seen some more from Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. I came down pretty hard on those guys in the last episode and Deservedly so. I mean, they really were just putrid. And this is in a year that you need those guys to step up because there's really not a whole lot of other talent in that uh, receiving group. So you are we're looking for a guy like Cole Komet to really take a step forward and really emerge in the NFL. And there's still question marks about whether that's possible, whether he has that in him, if that's if he's that type of player. Um, and at the same time, you were looking for Darnell Mooney to 
continue contributing at a high level uh, while being the number one receiver, the guy that is going to draw the best defensive back as a matchup. And, uh, you know, we really didn't see much from them in the first three games. Through the first three games, just six catches between the two of them for 47 yards. Uh, and that came out to about 7.8 yards per catch. So just <laughs> really, really bad. And obviously, you know, you have that rainy game against the 49ers that started off the season, really did put a damper on a lot of those uh, passing stats. But I think at, at this point, we've seen that there really hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, strong passing in the offense so far. But we have seen more from those guys uh, in the last two games. Now, 13 catches total for 207 yards, uh, averaging 15.9 yards per catch. So that's more of what you want to see from those guys. Still probably a little below the bar that uh, you know a lot of fans, including myself, have probably set for them. But uh, it's good. We'll take it. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about one of those guys as we continue on in the episode. Still looking back, uh, we got a couple guys that they're a little bit, it's a little bit more on the negative side. I won't say all completely doom and gloom, but a little bit more of a negative trend for some of these guys that I highlighted in the past. Um, looking at Kyler Gordon, still sort of facing those growing pains uh, in the secondary for the Bears and a lot of pressure on him. Talked about how it is very common for young cornerbacks to take a couple of years to really get adjusted to game speed in the NFL, to that higher level of talent. I would say in the modern NFL more than ever because there are so many talented wide receivers. And we've seen wide receivers really having the advantage over defensive backs in a lot of ways, um, both in the way that the, the NFL has uh, officiated games, has put the rules out there. It's always going to favor the offense because that creates a better product uh, for the audience watching and attending games. So you're already kind of at a disadvantage playing defensive back and when you're young and you're making that adjustment, especially a guy like Gordon, who, I mean, he wasn't playing in the SEC. He was playing Pac-12 with, with Washington. Now, you're not necessarily facing top-tier you know, NFL-level talent every week in college. Uh, so it's going to take time, obviously. And, it, and we really haven't seen a whole lot of flashes. I mean, we've definitely seen some athleticism from him, but I think we need to see him really have a better feel. I don't know if it's you know, just with his movements, getting um, his body in the right position to make plays on, on uh, passes, or if it is, you know, a mental thing where he is uh, really just like finding himself in the wrong place because he thinks he's in the right place. Uh, but it could be anything, uh, a lot of stuff that you really hope that he's getting coached up on. I'm sure he is, but the defensive minded coach in uh, Matt Eberflus really invested in his development. We have to be patient with Kyler Gordon. And I do think he's been getting a feel for coverage a little bit more in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I do think that his tackling has stood out. Uh, and so that's been at least a little bit of a bright spot is if he's not going to be able to stop receptions from being made, you want him to be able to uh, get there quickly and make a tackle. Uh, so tackling stood out a little bit more. He had 10 total tackles versus Minnesota, uh, mostly because Justin Jefferson was catching everything out there and uh you know somebody had to bring him down because he obviously didn't score a touchdown uh fortunately somehow uh but yeah Kyler gordon jury's still out still nothing totally spectacular from him yet from your top draft pick now the guy i was uh really high on and i'm still very high on to, to be honest is khalil herbert 
Uh, obviously, the Bears backup running back. Uh, David Montgomery went down in the uh, the game against Green Bay, uh, and Khalil Herbert came in, and then he got the he you know. I said Green Bay in the game against Houston. Killer Herbert came in and ran all over them, had an outstanding performance and was just really impressive. And I had been talking about how Khalil Herbert had really stood out to me um, going back to the 49ers game and how he seemed to just be doing a little bit more than David Montgomery was uh, when given, you know, about the same distance. Uh, the offensive line has been, you know, pretty up and down with their play. Um, they've been a little bit more consistent in the running game. But I think you, you've seen that Khalil Herbert has found success. And unfortunately, he really got bottled up uh, against the uh, New York Giants and was really a non-factor overall. You would have liked to have seen him um, really you know, step up and, and prove to be a factor in that game. And if he does, then maybe that frees up Justin Fields to have a better performance and the Bears maybe. Uh, just get enough to win that game but it's not how it played out he was not quite playing up to his own standard and the standard that I've kind of set for him in my own view um, and David Montgomery thankfully uh, recovers from his injury comes back and starts in Minnesota Montgomery didn't look great running the ball in that game um, he had a really impressive uh, reception with a uh, yards after the catch early on that really set the tone uh, for the Bears on their um, first scoring drive. But uh, aside from a couple of plays in the passing game, really didn't do a whole lot on the ground. Um, and the same was true for Khalil Herbert. Uh, the Bears were obviously down big in that game, so there wasn't a whole lot of running, which is actually refreshing because you would have expected them to keep doing a whole lot of running uh, based on what they'd done in the first few weeks. But I think that we saw both running backs struggle and it's not great, but I also don't think that is something that is going to be around uh, very long. I, I think that hopefully we'll start to see the passing game emerge a little bit, start to see some guys um, offer some stability, start making some plays. Maybe that opens things up a little bit more for the running game when the offense isn't quite as predictable. But as of right now, Kaleer Herbert, I was super high on uh, his stock, but quieted down a little bit here so we'll see i still think he has um the potential for a big season and could end up winning the starting job for next season who knows but that is enough talk about past episodes let's shift gears here and get into the market analysis four weeks four and five starting off with a negative so <laughs> it's always nice to get this out of the way but some negative trends there there was a few different options few different paths I could go down here. I always want to keep them fresh if I can. So I don't want to you know, repeat guys' names too often uh, if there are other options to talk about here. And there's a couple of options here. First off, I'm going to say uh, Sam Mustafer, who has started at center all five games here, was not intended to be the team's starting center on the offensive line at the beginning of the year. But Lucas Patrick, the big free agent acquisition, I guess, I'll put big in quotation marks um, because Bears really didn't make any big splashes. Um, but Lucas Patrick was a guy that was supposed to be sort of the crown jewel of that free agency class coming in, offering a little bit of stability, a little bit of veteran leadership. A guy who had worked closely with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay uh, in recent years. And so hopefully some of that experience would maybe rub off on Justin Fields in the offense. Well, he ends up hurting his hand, I believe, hand or arm. 
I don't know why I'm blanking on that right now, but uh, as a club is been able to kind of rotate in, they're still doing this rotating in thing, or they were still doing this rotating in thing with Tevin Jenkins at right guard, but Sam Mustafer was the one who got most of the reps leading up to week one. And so they've rolled with him. And Sam Mustafer is a guy who I really feel like has played above expectations for pretty much the entire time that he's been playing in the NFL. And the thing is, you don't have high expectations for this guy. He is a guy that you really expected to maybe be a very solid backup. And I think if he is, you know, one of your guys off off of the bench here, then you're probably in decent shape. But when he is your starting center, I think you're very limited. And I think we've started to see that a little bit. Some of his struggles were maybe being masked in the first few weeks of the season. But in these last couple of games, we've really started to see him struggle a little bit more. And it's been very visible, whether that's making, uh, you know, some of the more mental mistakes. Like we saw that errant snap that uh, was uh, kind of a fumble in a shotgun. Uh, Justin Fields was able to fall on it. But stuff like that ends up putting the offense behind. And this offense really doesn't need to put themselves behind any more than they already will be. They don't need to stack the deck against themselves. Uh, so Sam Mustafer has been a question mark at best. And it, it's unfortunate that we saw Cody Whitehair uh, get injured and sounds like he's going to be out for a little while, at least a few weeks, because you really wanted to see Lucas Patrick step into that center role and see what that offensive line could look like with Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Tevin Jenkins, and Larry Borum all out there at once as, as your starting five. And I think we may still see that lineup at some point down the line, but for now, Sam Mustafer is uh, sticking around. Uh, with Lucas Patrick now at left guard for Cody Whitehair, but uh, at least Tevin Jenkins is out there at right guard full time, who has been pretty much the best offensive lineman for the team since week one uh, and no longer playing part time. So we'll see. I think Sam Esfer has a chance to, you know, be an average level starter in the league, but I don't think he has a ceiling much higher than that. Uh, so I think you very much don't want this to be your long term solution. Uh, I think you can. Definitely snag uh, potentially a starting center in the draft in like a mid-round, mid to late round, a guy with maybe a little bit of a higher caliber moving forward if you're wanting to move away from Lucas Patrick in that position. But you could obviously move Patrick back. And then if Whitehair and Jenkins are your guys in the middle, then you're pretty solid. But if you want to find an upgrade uh, at guard, I think you definitely have the option to as well. Moving on, I do have another negative trend here. Uh, this isn't one singular player, but it is going to be a position group uh, on the defensive side, and that is the Chicago Bears pass rush. Now, this is a team that traded away Khalil Mack over the offseason, and I was totally fine with that trade. I didn't want it to happen, I guess, but it made sense. To be honest, Mack hadn't really contributed a whole lot to the team over the last couple of years. Um, he was often injured, um, hadn't really been himself. I, I don't know if he was playing through a lot of injuries. We didn't hear too much about them. It wasn't, you know, over-publicized or over, overblown by any means if that was the case, but um, really just hadn't been having the impact that you'd expect him to. And so getting rid of him made sense. You were able to add a second round pick uh, that ultimately became Jaquan Brisker. Seems okay, <laughs> I, I guess. We'll see how, you know, the jury's still out on Brisker, but he's looked pretty good uh, for 
your in-the-box safety, but uh, that really added an additional question mark to your pass rush. So we were expecting maybe a guy like Travis Gibson to step up. He showed flashes uh, in recent years. Robert Quinn, obviously having a record-setting performance last year, you're hoping he was able to do something, you know, at least maybe 75, 80% of what he did last year would be really awesome. So uh, that's not happened. Part of it is that Muhammad has been getting a ton of snaps. He's been your starter opposite Robert Quinn. When I think a lot of people would much rather see what the young guys, Gibson, who I already mentioned, or uh, Dominique Robinson, who I mentioned in the first episode, he had a really impressive week one and really has quieted down. And so I think you would love to see those guys get some more snaps. And maybe the snap count is a little more even than I realized because I don't actually have the numbers in front of me, but really don't think Alquadim Muhammad is, is giving you too much right now. Honestly, Robert Quinn isn't doing much besides hurting his, his trade value either. So uh, there was a time where you could maybe have traded Robert Quinn to a contender uh, and picked up a fourth round pick, you know, maybe third round if they were desperate. And now I, th- I don't know that you're going to get anyone to take him. I mean, maybe, a, you know, conditional sixth, seventh round pick, but I feel like that would be very generous at this point because he hasn't shown anything this year. Uh, you need to really see something from him in order to increase that value. And the thing is with, with the pass rush is if they were more consistent and they were getting to the quarterback, you know, frazzling oppos- opposing quarterbacks as they drop back to pass, that would help out tremendously this young defensive back group that the Bears have out there with guys like, I uh, already talked about uh, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker. You have Kindleville Door. Uh, we've had Jalen Johnson out the last few weeks. Um, so Jalen Jones has been playing a lot. Another young player. You really want guys like that who need a little bit more help. Um, they can't rely on Eddie Jackson to solidify that backfield for them. He, he does help. He's been playing well. But the pass rush can make a huge difference if they are rushing the quarterback in an efficient manner or getting to his head even, you know, getting some more hits, even if they're not coming away with sacks or strip sacks, they can still be impactful that way. And the Bears defense hasn't been doing that. Really hope that they can pick that up, give those younger guys more of a chance uh, to make an impact. I think we'll definitely start seeing more of that by the end of the year, especially if Muhammad continues to struggle, if Quinn continues to struggle. I think that we'll start seeing more of Robinson and more of Gibson. I think I talked about it before. I think those are the guys that are your future. So would love to see them get some more reps. It's not all doom and gloom, though. Let's turn the page here and let's look at some positive performances, some positive trends over the last two weeks. Uh, let's stick with that young secondary. Uh, I mentioned his name already, but Kindle Vildor. This is a third year guy. Uh, he you know, didn't see the field a whole lot as a rookie. I believe a fifth round pick out of Rice. I'm thinking of Bryce Callahan. I can't think of uh, where Kendall Vildor played college ball, but smaller school, not necessarily known uh, for producing top talent. Uh, came in, he's a little undersized. A lot of people thought maybe he was a slot guy, but his skill set is really more for playing the boundary corner position. Uh, so year two, we heard a lot in the offseason about this being a guy who had taken some strides and came in and took the starting position. Uh, opposite Jalen Johnson and he was very disappointing especially compared to you know that the hype and the expectations that were established locally uh around the team and in uh, you know Chicago area Chicago media and the Bears fan base so you know I don't think a lot of people were excited to see him you know stick around as your starting cornerback your starting boundary corner with Kyler Gordon um being like your starting nickelback 
uh, and bouncing outside on occasion. Um, but then with opposite, obviously Jalen Johnson, but Kendall Vildor has definitely been a guy who has stepped up, especially with Jalen Johnson out. I think you needed someone to be a little bit more of a stable, stabilizing presence with all this youth back there. And even in his third year, this is a guy who has seen the field, obviously played a lot last year. He seems to be in a defense that better fits his skills uh, or, you know, maybe Alan Williams, Matt Eberflus are just using him a little bit more efficiently. But I think he really impressed a lot of people. Obviously, uh, a lot of that coming from his interception of Kirk Cousins in this past week. But Kendall Vildor has been a guy who has really gone from clearly below average to, uh, you know, at worst average starter level right now. And I think that's fair to say. So would love to see that positive trend keep growing. Uh, don't know for sure that it's going to be consistent, but I think once we get Jalen Johnson back on the field and Kyler Gordon uh, gets a little bit more comfortable, learns the game, learns the NFL game a little bit more then you know, maybe those guys start to build a little bit more chemistry a little bit more comfortable as a group. You got Eddie Jackson back there, Jaquan Brisker. I think it has a potential to be a strong group still uh, by the end of this year. I think there's, you know, just obvious growing pains, uh, but Kendall Vildor, definitely a positive trend and I'm happy to see it. The other positive trend that I have uh, is another name I've already mentioned, and that is Darnell Mooney. There's a guy that had a lot to prove. Um, he was producing at a very high level uh, last year and, and even as a rookie. And there was expectation here that especially after developing all this chemistry with Justin Fields over the offseason, you know, really being positioned as the number one guy on this team, that he could take a big leap forward and could really, you know, establish himself as a top tier wide receiver. You know, a guy that has the ability to be a number one, a number one B wide receiver in this league. And I already gave the numbers coming out of the gate with the first three weeks. It was not good. It was very bad, as a matter of fact, and very alarming. So it has been more refreshing to see him uh, be a little bit more productive in the last couple of weeks. He had nearly a 100-yard game against the Giants. He had that just spectacular catch down the field on a deep pass from Justin Fields in Minnesota that helped to spark that comeback that ultimately you know came up short. But I think we got another highlight play from Darnell Mooney that shows his talent, that shows why so many people were so high on him coming into this season. And so I think it seems to be everyone getting a little bit more comfortable with the offense. I think a lot of people are really optimistic, or, or at least they're very hopeful, that what we saw in Minnesota with the way that the offense started moving the ball through the air, surprisingly, they weren't doing very well in the running game. I touched on that already, but they were able to move the ball through the air. So maybe that's a turning point. Maybe they're going to build a little bit more momentum here. Darnell Mooney is going to be a huge part of that success if they are able to find some continued success. And so a little bit more of a positive trend for Darnell Mooney, which is fantastic to see. Absolutely love seeing that from him. Now moving on to the second half of the episode, and that is our buy or sell portion. So in this portion, I am going to take a look at those trends I just talked about, and I'm going to pick one to buy and one to sell. Starting off with sell, I'm going to go with the pass rush. And with the caveat here, I'm going to sell the pass rush as currently constructed with Robert Quinn, Al-Qaeda Muhammad as your, you know, your big dogs that you're starting the game out with. 
Uh, those guys have failed the team so far. I don't think that is dramatic by any means. I think that's a fair assessment. I think these guys should be more impactful than they are, and they really have struggled. I couldn't tell you why. Uh, for Muhammad, I don't know if it's the change of scenery. For Quinn, I, I mean, there's been a lot made of the way that this guy just like gets really hot for one season and then cool for the next. And I think, I don't know that you want to buy into that, but if you were Ryan Poles and the Bears staff, maybe it would have been worth it to, to sell high on that guy over the offseason, end up landing a mid-round pick and getting off his salary. Uh, that would probably have been a good move. Didn't end up happening. I was a little disappointed that it didn't end up happening because I didn't really see the value, even if he is a guy that's you know, giving you a lot of pass rush. He's still taking snaps away from your young guys who could potentially be offering, you know, 50 to 75% of that production. But here we are, week five. Robert Quinn's been a disappointment. Aquadi Muhammad's been a disappointment. What I would love to see, and I mentioned it already, is seeing Dominique Robinson get in there more often. I want to see uh, Travis Gibson get in there more often. And those guys are the ones that you could potentially build with. So why not give them more snaps? Why not get a little bit more film on them for your evaluation process this offseason? See if it's worth investing big money or high draft pick into an edge rusher, or if you might have something in the young guys that are currently on your roster. Got to get, get some more uh, snaps for those guys. But selling the pass rush as currently constructed. And for the buy... I, I I don't think this would be a surprise. Uh, we're going three for three talking about this guy uh, in this episode, and that is Darnell Mooney. I'm I'm buying this. I think what he's given us the last couple of weeks, uh, the way he you know gave us the stats, he gave us the yardage versus the Giants. He gave us the wow factor, the spectacular catch highlight play against Minnesota that helped spark the offense. I think that this guy is becoming more comfortable in the offense. I, th I think Justin Fields is hopefully becoming a little bit more comfortable in the offense. And I think that Luke Getze maybe is becoming more comfortable with his players, with his offensive scheme, you know, being more comfortable with the idea of letting the players play a little bit instead of, you know, pounding the ball, running it all the time, even when it's not working. I think there is some merit to that because you do have to run the ball. You cannot throw it all the time, especially with the limited weapons on this team. But one weapon that is not limited is Darnell Mooney. So you need him to play up to his expectations, his own expectations. He talks you know, highly of his own goals. And I think that Justin Fields needs to also have confidence in him. You know, We heard so much about the chemistry that they built, the trust that they built, you know, the friendship and the bond that they've built uh, over the last year. And I think that they need to trust in that a little bit. He needs to throw it up a little bit more. He needs to trust in Darnell Mooney. He needs to trust in his own arm, to be quite honest. He looks like he's a little bit scared sometimes when he um, is throwing the ball. So we need him to be more consistent and look a little bit more like he did in Minnesota. And having this positive production from Darnell Mooney as sort of a stabilizing force, being a trusted go-to guy, can make a huge difference. And so I'm buying Darnell Mooney stock now. It's at probably the lowest it's been since his rookie year. So you can get some good value buying this low and, and selling it high. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, our, that's our buy and sell ultimately for this episode. And that's going to bring this episode of the bear market to a close. 
For uh, my podcast listeners, you can show your support by rating and reviewing the show. If you are watching on YouTube, please consider doing me the absolutely huge favor of just liking the video. Leave a comment talking about which bears you're buying or selling, what you liked from the last couple of weeks, what you did not like from the last couple of weeks. Um, at, at the time of this episode's release, I know we're just a day away from the Thursday night football matchup against the Washington Commanders, which, you know, on the national stage for the prime video audience, uh, hopefully the Bears don't embarrass us, uh, but there is a potential for it. But this is definitely a winnable game, so let's see. Let's see if Eddie Jackson, Kendall Vildor, maybe they come away with an interception off of Carson Wentz. We know that he likes to throw interceptions on occasion, so maybe we get this pick six from Eddie Jackson in this game. I'd love to see it. You'd love to see it. Let's speak it into existence. But, you know, I just want to say 17 games makes for a very long season. We're, we're five games into it. And honestly, with with a team like this one, there's there's bound to be stretches like this that are a little bit more of a disappointment. I still think there's some positives that we can take away, obviously. But at the end of the day, they got two losses in the last two weeks. We'd like to see a win added in the next two. But until then, I'll be watching. You'll be watching. I'm TJ Starman. Thank you so much for listening to The Bear Market and go Bears.